0: Well, welcome back to uh, another edition of the Boater's Extra podcast as we preview Thursday's Music City Bowl between Purdue and Tennessee. Um, Mike Carmen here covers Purdue for the Journal and Career and jconline.com. And, you know, as this week has gone on, if you followed the point spread at all, it is inching up and up in Tennessee's favor. If you, if you go back to, When the the announcement was made that Purdue would play Tennessee, Purdue was installed as an early favorite, two and a half points. But uh, as of Wednesday night, uh, Tennessee is now a six-point favorite. Uh, A lot of that, I think, has to do with the opt-outs of George Karloftis and David Bell. Um, Also, the perceived SEC strength versus the Big Tonne uh and also the loss of Bilton Wright uh, as Purdue's other receiver uh, along with uh Diedrich Mackey um so there's a lot of uh a lot of public money I believe going um uh, with the vols in this one uh and Tennessee is usually a popular public team where a lot of their fans will just bet their games blindly because uh, that's how much they love. Uh, the, the orange. So, uh, a lot, a lot of public money betting on, on Tennessee right now, and probably rightfully so. I mean, they, they have the advantage in a lot of areas. They're gonna be quicker, um, more athletic, um, stronger at, at certain positions, but, you know, we, we've seen a lot of strange things happen in college football and college sports, so, um, But it would be a little bit of a surprise today if Purdue Purdue ended up winning that game. You know, a few keys that uh, Purdue has to do to win this game. Number one, they've got to survive the first quarter. They've got to survive the first wave of the fast-tempo offense. Uh, Numerous times this year, Tennessee has gotten out to a 21, 28, um, 24, whatever it is, nothing lead. Uh, in the first quarter and they just bury opponents and it's very hard to come back uh from from that point uh, things do level things have leveled out in those games for Tennessee a little bit but the damage uh was done so early in the game that uh the opponents just could not come back could not muster enough offense uh to come back uh you know if Purdue can survive uh, that first quarter you know maybe you know if you if you're mapping it out if you're looking at it um, thinking, okay, how can Purdue win this game? Uh, I think the big key is a win the toss, take the ball, have a nice long drive to start um, put together you know a good run uh pass mix um, and keep the ball for a significant amount of time doesn't you know it doesn 't have to be the whole quarter, obviously, but you know if Purdue could put together a um, a four or five minute drive, you know, get a field goal, uh, or at least change the field position a little bit, um, and, and calm things down to the point. Because I mean, the the crowd's going to be jacked up because it's going to be Pro Tennessee. There's just going to be a lot of emotion and a lot of energy in that building. Uh, so, but I but I think if Purdue could kind of slowly get into the game and slowly take Tennessee out of the game. With some plays, um, you know that that I think that would be helpful just to kind of ease ease themselves into the game. The the one thing you don't want to have happen is Tennessee get the ball first, or Purdue get the ball first, and there's a turnover, but Tennessee get the ball within a minute or two or three minutes scores. They're up seven nothing. That's going to put a lot of pressure on Purdue to to counter that. Uh, so I mean that's the ideal situation. Ideal situations don't always work but you know if i'm if i'm in jeff brown's situation if i win the toss i'm taking the ball and you don't want a three and out so i mean you need to need to move the ball you need to get that first first down and then then kind of go from there uh the other key is just you know who's going to step up in the in the passing game who's going to step up at receiver um you know you know milton Wright's not going to play you know david bell's not going to play uh you know um you know, they're not going to have Marshawn Rice or Abdur Rahim Um, not sure, not a hundred percent sure that, uh, you'll have Brock Thompson. Um, you know, here's a guy that's going to undergo surgery, uh, after the year, but unclear exactly what his injury is. Um, and if you have Brock Thompson, what, what percentage is he? How much can he help you, um, in, in this, in this situation? Then you're leaning on Jackson Anthrop, leaning on TJ Sheffield as your experienced guys at receivers. And then, you know, possibly a freshman, Deion Burks, uh, gets involved. you have got names like Colvin Sullivan, Sullivan and Preston Terrell. Uh, so it's a, you know, it might be a, well, who are these guys type of game, uh, that Purdue's lining up there. You know, when you, when you look at the receiver core in general, I think you gotta include the tight ends and the running backs. And if, um, you know, assuming you can get your tight ends on the field for this game, um, then I, I, I think they play a big, big part in whether Purdue can can pull this uh, upset off. Um, I think you have to incorporate the tight ends a lot. You know, Pay Durham and Garrett Miller are two guys that have proven that can step up and make plays. Um, but you, you just with, with so many things circulating in college football, with so many. Uh, situations happening at the very last minute um you just kind of hold your breath and, and and make sure that everybody gets to the field that needs to get to the field uh so you we you could have you could have a surprise or two coming up thursday morning or early thursday afternoon that player a player b player c is out for you know whatever reasons um so it's a, you know, just like, you know, Purdue basketball on, uh, you know, Wednesday, you know, Caleb first, um, doesn't play. He's in health and safety protocol. So he doesn't play. You know, that's a last-minute situation. Um, don't be surprised if that happened again. You know, happens in, in, in football. Uh, so, uh, but I, I do think, you know, if you can get, you know, tight ends, I think play a big role for Purdue on offense today. Uh, I think they they need to incorporate them. They need to use them as much as possible. They need to use them as actual receivers, actual lined up as receivers. Um, just something that uh, to, to throw Tennessee to off a little bit. And I, I do believe this. Um, you know, Jeff Brom has to be at his finest. The offensive coordinators have to be at their finest. And you know, I'm sure they've crafted a game plan. Uh, knowing who they're going to have and who they're not going to have, but from a play calling standpoint and as far as creative stuff you know i I really think that they need to be at their best in this game to give their team a chance uh, to win that uh, you know you say that you, you can say that every game, but I think this game in particular, the creative things that they're going to have to do with personnel, I think really is going to uh, dictate. You know what Purdue can do on offense, and you know another key obviously would be to get a running game. And you know we really haven't seen one from Purdue this year, other than UConn, which you know maybe shouldn't count, uh, and then the last game against Indiana. But you know Tennessee's defensive front is in Indiana. It, it's not, you know, it's not great, but it's much better than what what Purdue has faced uh toward the the back half of the big the Big Ten season and. Uh, if somehow Purdue could get 100 yards on the ground as a team or, you know, I think ideally if he got 150 yards, I think that would go a long, long way in, in trying to win this game. You know, the keys um, defensively uh, for Purdue, you know, are, are pretty simple. you got to keep up with the tempo. Uh, you got to get lined up. Uh, you can't get out of position. Um, and you know what? Those things are going to happen. Purdue's not going to get lined up. Purdue's going to get out of position, and Tennessee's going to hit some big plays. I mean, those things are going to happen. It, it's how Purdue's defense, how the players handle that. And do they get flustered? Do they get um, frustrated? Uh, do they start pointing fingers? Uh, because things are going to happen really, really fast. And uh, when Tennessee gets the ball on their first um, their first possession, uh, you know, Purdue really – you know, it's going to take them a minute or two to get, to get settled in. Um, and they're not going to be able to sub a whole lot. So who's out there is going to have to make plays. And if they can, again, weather, weather the first wave, weather that first tsunami of, of quickness and tempo, um, you know, I think they have a chance to settle in the game, but it's easier said than done because no matter how much Purdue has prepared for this fast pace, they, you know, it's not the same as actually doing it. And, you know, there's evidence of what Tennessee has done to teams, as I've mentioned. And Purdue just has to survive. I mean, really, they just have to survive. And again, you're going to give up plays and you're going to get out of position. They're going to put you in position. And then they're going to hit you with some running plays and then they're going to, um, do some other things to throw you off. You know, this was a bowl game. So trick plays are abound. Uh I would I would expect that, you know, you're you're emptying the playbook so to speak in, in this game. This is a huge game for Tennessee because it's on their home turf. Um, there have been no bowl game in a while. Their fans are kinda hungry and eager uh to, to see them, you know, win win a postseason game and kinda get their program, you know, back to where they feel it should be. Uh so they're gonna come, you know, come with everything in this game. And produce this guy. Have, you know they have to be ready. You know they're not going to have George Karloftis. This this was a this would be a game in my opinion because uh, first of all, one of Tennessee's top offensive linemen is not going to play. Uh, Cade Mays, uh, he's their left tackle. Uh, but this would be a game George Karloftis, I think really would thrive in. You know Tennessee's given up the most sacks uh, in the SEC now. Again, that's the SEC, but they're vulnerable there. And, you know, Purdue's defensive line has been really good this year, but they've been really good with George Karloftis. Can they be really good without George Karloftis? And that's, that's a key question. And, you know, I think Branson Dean and Lawrence Johnson have done a nice job this year. Um, you know, Branson Dean's had, had a great year at defensive tackle, but can you do it by, um, uh, getting more attention? And that's what's going to happen. They're going to, you know, pay pie more attention to the tackles than they do the ends uh, because that's where a lot of the production has come from outside of George. But that might open up an uh, opportunity for Jack Sullivan or Tyron Jenkins or um, Demarcus Mitchell. Um, you know, both Mitchell and Jenkins are, I, I would deem, questionable uh, from a health standpoint just because they've been banged up the last part of the year. Uh, and if you can get both of those guys into this game, you know, that would be, de- that would definitely be a, a bonus, uh, for Purdue. But, you know, the defensive line has to play at a high level. You know, can they get some pressure on, um, the Tennessee quarterback? Can they, can they stuff the run to the point where you make them one dimensional? That's probably a little bit too much to ask, uh, for this defense. But, you know, again, they're gonna have to get lined up. They're gonna have to get ready. And they're gonna, again, they're gonna, you know, he's gonna make some plays. They, they just are. You know, it's kind of like that basketball game last night. between Purdue and Nichols. You know, Nichols go make some plays, and they did. They made some shots. They scored ninety points. Uh, and you just have to weather that. And sometimes those games happen where they go back and forth like that. And this potentially could be one of those. Uh, and it's how it's all how Purdue's defense handles it. You know they're they're going to be without Diedrich Mackey, uh, so who steps up at the other corner position? Uh, probably Sanusi Kane would get the start, and I would, have, you know, Tennessee's going to pick on him. Um, why wouldn't they? And and whoever would rotate into that corner spot? Do they? Does Purdue move a safety over? Does um, there was always talk of Cam Allen uh, playing cornerback? Uh, if, if Purdue needed some, some help, uh, in that area. Uh, but what do you do at the safety position? You move Chris, you can move Chris Jefferson there, uh, as a safety. You can also, uh, do some things with Jalen Graham, um, from a, from a nickel safety standpoint, move him out of the, the linebacker spot. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, again, you know, a lot of things that, uh, that this coaching staff has probably done to prepare themselves. Uh, for For every situation of, of of what kind of personnel they want out there and um, and you'll probably see some some new faces that you haven 't seen a whole lot this year uh on both sides of the ball, but that's some you know some of the attrition that has taken place and again you know you, till you get to game time and figure out who 's there and who's who 's available and who 's healthy, I think some guys are going to need to warm up first to see if they can go. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it's, 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 very, very interesting, very intriguing, uh, who, who Purdue will have on the field, uh, for this game. Um, but I mean, there, there are some givens that we know that will happen. Aiden O'Connell, uh, you know, will be there. He will play. Um, but, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, Greg Long, the, the left tackle is questionable. You know, Cam Craig was sliding into his spot, but after that, Purdue really, uh, the depth really drops off uh, as far as experience goes. Uh, so Purdue would just play, um, you know, five guys if Greg Long can't go, and if you get in a situation where you got to go deeper, uh, then you're 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 pulling somebody that hasn't played a whole lot this year and, and put them in a in this situation. Uh, but you know they're they're gonna have to play eventually, and this. You know, you can you you can say that this is game one of 2022, but you know, it's, it's still a game and they've had a month to prepare. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I think the, 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 the last thing I think Purdue needs, um, for this game to happen is similar to what happened in 2018, you, you know, to get steamrolled early by Auburn. You know, kind of take take you out of the game in that first quarter, and then you're just kind of playing uphill from there. You know, Purdue. Um, you know, a lot of guys were at that game that are on the roster. You know, they're they're determined not to let that happen. Uh, but that's that's the worst case scenario for Purdue. They don't want to repeat of what happened here uh, three years ago. Um, you know, I do think the program is in a, in a better place than it was three years ago. Um, but you've got to you've got to show it on the field. And that'll be that'll be the number one priority um for Purdue. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a quick uh preview of uh what might happen today um, between Purdue and Tennessee at the Music City Bowl. Weather's supposed to be good. Uh temperature's probably in the sixties. I think all the rain will, will clear out by by game time and uh we'll see if Purdue can uh Kind of get a little redemption for what happened three years ago, but also, you know, try to overcome some adversity that they're, that they're facing with, you know, potentially not having five starters, maybe more. Um, so, you know, it's 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 a challenge. It's intriguing to see how Purdue shows up for this game, um, and how Tennessee, you know, tries to to muscle its way and uh, early on. Um, and, and, you know, tries to take control of the game with its, its uh, super fast, uh, offense. Uh, but anyway, those are my thoughts going in. Uh, we'll recap the game afterwards. Um, look ahead to, you know, what we, what we might see in 2022, even though that's going to not going to be a clear picture, uh, for sure, because there's going to be a lot more movement, uh, in and out of the transfer portal. Purdue's already, you know, secured or Purdue has seven. Commitments from from the transfer portal, but those things are non-binding. As, as if you've been following the coverage, you know Purdue did have a commitment from a running back from Cal, uh, but Christopher Brooks Brooks backed out. So until they're actually enrolled in school, they're not truly going to be here. Um, you know, I think I think uh, Purdue is confident in the other guys that have committed, but you know, until they actually get here and are taking classes and. All that kind of stuff. It's not going to be official. That's the downside of the portal. Uh, players can use other schools for leverage or, you know, maybe take the first offer they get and then hope other better offers come. You know, that's no different than a coach. It's absolutely no different than a coach looking to move. You know, you can do, you can do the exact same thing. Coaches do the exact same thing. They get a couple. How do you think Mel Tucker got a big contract extension? His agent helped him float name, you know, float other schools or the NFL out there. I think James Franklin got a big contract offer or a contract extension. Well, he was, he was tied to the USC job. James Franklin didn't do it. His agent did it. So, you know, it's, it's no different. I know it's frustrating for fans, but it's no different than what the coaches are doing. Absolutely no difference at all. So any coach that belly aches about players not honoring that, that commitment or transfer commitment, then they need to look in the mirror. Because you know, to be honest, Jeff Brom has done the same thing. Jeff Brom did the same thing uh after his first year when he was semi-close to maybe being the Tennessee coach. Um, and then the next year with Louisville. Now, I do think that Jeff Brom had some serious interest in going to Louisville, but felt Purdue was the best place for him at the time. But that parlayed into a nice big fat contract for Jeff Brom, uh, one that he's still earning really good money from. Uh, so this is this is where we're at in college athletics. so don't don't get upset at the players if they back out of some of these commitments from a transfer situation because the coaches are doing the same things. Well that's my that's my rant for that's my rant for today. Anyway, uh, back with more coverage. Of course, you can follow things on JC Online throughout the game as we'll have updates. Uh, and then obviously on Twitter, uh, we'll get you the latest uh, personnel uh, news uh, leading up to the game. Um, and then um, our full coverage uh, coming up uh, after the game will be uh, uh, on jconline.com. Well, we appreciate you stopping by and uh, have a good day.